0: hey guys welcome to the bill barnwell show i am bill barnwell today i have a solo show for the new year on a topic that is not exactly thrilling nfl fans but something we have to discuss and something i think we can have an interesting conversation about is a little different than what i've heard elsewhere and that is on the topic of refereeing and there's no joy in refereeing right we never talk about how great the refs are there's never a conversation about how well a game is being called it's always about what happens when stuff goes wrong when there's a game that is being ruined by officials calling 20 penalties or a game like the Cowboys Lions contest from Saturday night where if we're being honest it certainly looks like a call was made that was absolutely incorrect that should not have been called that cost the Detroit Lions A win on the road against a very good cowboys team on national television and nobody wants that the nfl does not want that officials don't want that i know it's easy to believe that the nfl wants to rig games for the cowboys and the point other people have made that i rings true to me is frankly if the nfl wanted to rig games for the cowboys they would be a lot more successful over the past 20 years than they have been in reality so i don't want to have that conversation because i think it's very Unrealistic. It's naive. Frankly, I think the people who listen to the show are a lot smarter than that and deserve a lot smarter conversation about refereeing. So what we're going to do is talk about why I think referees make mistakes, and then we're going to talk about how we can fix some of the major problems. I have five ideas for changes that can be made that are not going to be significant. I guess one of them is pretty significant, I will say, but changes that are all possible, that are all doable that will actually improve the quality of refereeing and the quality of the game's entertainment. Because at the end of the day, we don't play football to have the best refereed game, the best officiated game. We watch football for entertainment. So let's get started. I think we need to be realistic. There is never going to be a moment where refereeing is solved. There's never going to be a year where people are going to sit back and say, that was the best refereed season of football we ever see if it feels like graphs are worse than ever before I guess that could be the case but I think it's tougher than it's ever been to referee NFL football lots of reasons why I think first the game moves faster this is a faster game than the game of 30 40 50 years ago there's more passing than there's ever been especially a little more running maybe perhaps this year but certainly more passing now in this era than there's ever been even going back to you know, uh, the earliest part of the 21st century. And so you have to cover more space as a referee. You don't have the same angles. The NFL, uh, the referee positions were built to cover a game that was run heavy, that was designed around teams that were running the ball 55, 60% of the time. And so you not only have to cover more space as a referee, but the plays that turn out to be wrong calls or calls that are difficult, you have worse angles at them. Um, You're not seeing them from the same location, and so it's harder to see. On top of that, we as fans get to see more of those plays because we have tons more cameras and we have HD. Um, In the past, if there was a play that had a holding call, perhaps, we might not even get an angle of that holding call in the middle of a pile inside, uh, inside the tackles on the run play because there was no camera that had a good shot of it. If there was a camera that had a good shot of it, I don't believe that it would be clear enough with HD where you can make a firm decision about whether it was a hold or not. And so there are penalties we see now in crystal clear HD with four or five different angles that would have never been visible in the past, at least in the distant past. But we're not that far removed from an era where we didn't have access to HD for every game. There were games every week that were not filmed in HD. It really wasn't until maybe 2007 or 2008, I believe, where we had HD cameras at every single game. So that's changed pretty significantly. The most significant penalty, the one that I think draws the most criticism or the most consternation, past interference, that's a subjective call. And it should, frankly, have the ability to be replayed we saw what happened when the NFL tried to replay pass interference. They were very punitive or, or very, they, they were very clearly not willing to do anything but overturn the most significant and obvious pass interference calls until midseason when they loosened up a bit. They were not willing to make a serious effort to have pass interference judged by replay. On top of that, we get to see more games. There's games on Thursday now. We have access to one, sometimes two Monday night games. There's a Sunday night game. There's This December, there's been plenty of games on Saturday night. And so we get exposed to more refereeing. We see more games. The opportunity for us to see bad calls simply happens more often because we get to see, if you include Red Zone and you include games out of market, up to 16 games a week. That was not the case in uh prior generations you might get to see a handful of games over the course of a weekend you get your two local games maybe you get monday night game but now you can see a lot more games and have access to a lot more bad calls on top of that and i think this is the biggest one that people have sort of latched onto or people you know people don't realize maybe that they live in a different universe than we have in years past social media exists 24-hour sports coverage exists this is before my time as someone who was born in 84, but you know, there was the reality of you would get to see a game live as it happened. You might get, you know, highlights of it on the local news later on, but even having ESPN showing highlights on a regular basis beyond, you know, the, the, uh, the highlight show with Boomer um, Sunday night. I mean, that was a revelation, let alone what we have now where, you know, we're sharing gifts of plays 30 seconds after they happen. Like <laughs> You know, it, it, like the, the amount of ability we have to see clips of plays has changed so dramatically and so much faster and grown so much larger than the ability of referees to judge plays has grown. Gambling exists, and that is always going to create the possibility of, you know, conspiracy theories at the very least. Of course, we've seen the Tim Donahue case. We've seen... Uh, situations where referees have been influenced by the money involved with sports, even before gambling was as prevalent as it is now in a, a a league where you know gambling on the NFL is legal in dozens of states, and um there's tickers and and stuff running about you know the odds for games in real time when before that would have been uh impossible to even imagine. the NFL would have laughed at you if you would have guessed that was something that happens. Obviously, that has changed. That's so not going away anytime soon. That does lead to some stuff that I find ridiculous. I, I know last year when James Bradbury came out after the Super Bowl and said, yeah, I, I did commit holding on that play. There were still people in my mentions who were telling me, actually, it's still a conspiracy. The NFL wanted the Eagles to lose. I, I don't really understand why people think that makes sense. You know, if, if there is going to be a conspiracy, if there is going to be evidence of cheating, like in, in the Cowboys landscape, for example, the NFL is not going to wait until... The Lions drive the length of the field with no time left, set up for a two-point play to win the game, and then suddenly have a conspiracy built around whether they're going to run a trick play or not. Like, If you believe that is the most likely scenario for how the NFL is going to influence games, I'm sorry. You're just not really being very thoughtful about how stuff like that happens. I've written about um, some scandals in the past in soccer. Uh, Of course, the Donahue case has come up. Um, You can check out those stories. But no. The NFL is not going to wait for a big play at the very end of the game and then decide to jeopardize their product for decades to come so that they can swing a game towards one particular team. Well, this is Hanlon's razor, never attribute to malice what can easily, more easily be explained by incompetence. And that is the case, I believe, with referee. And on top of that, the part that makes it truly impossible is so even if you improve all those things, and we're going to have some improvements later on. There's no perfectly satisfying level of refereeing. There's no archetype for what we all want as fans, because fans want different things. I know the vast majority of fans don't want to see games ruined by you know, officials showing up every single play with penalties. And I think that's, that's probably true for the vast, vast majority of fans. But the level to which we want fan referees to, quote unquote, let players play, that means letting them get away with holding and other borderline calls. And I guarantee in those games where refs are letting the players play, there are moments, whether it be a star pass rusher being held, some, uh, you know, contact downfield on a possible pass interference call, that fans are not going to be satisfied. At least some fans watching that game are not going to be satisfied by the idea of of referees letting players play. There is a balance there. There's obviously some kind of equilibrium between those two universes where Refs aren't calling anything like that. The Bucks Packers playoff game from a couple of years ago and referees calling every ticky tech foul, but there is a distinction here. I, I think that sometimes when there's an absence of calls, you'll hear announcers say, Oh, well they're, they're playing a clean game. They're not playing a clean game. I don't think the actual level of infraction happening on the field is that dramatically different from game to game. It's just how comfortable refs are in terms of letting that stuff go and how comfortable fans are at seeing the results. And there's no perfect equilibrium that makes sense for everybody. Different fans want different things and differently called games. And that's inevitably going to lead to criticism. Now, having said all that, let's be clear. You cannot mess up who did or did not report on a play that's going to decide the game. can't do that for any play, let alone a play that is going to decide the game. And it is extremely difficult to believe, from my perspective. But the Lions went to the referee and crew before the game, which apparently did not include Brad Allen uh, based on reports, but other members of the referee and crew in the pre-game discussions told them they were going to run a particular trick play with a certain group of people reporting, were adamant that they had Dan Skipper, not say anything. And had taylor decker instead report as eligible to the refs in a league where there are microphones everywhere including on the referees and then yet actually screwed this up in practice when it came to the field now having said that from the nfl's perspective from everything i've read this is not a good excuse but i'm trying to get in context with why i think this happened It's good the Lions wanted to be a little bit duplicitous. They wanted to fool the Cowboys. After sending Skipper to be the offensive lineman who was reporting earlier in the game or earlier in the season, having him be the guy who's not one of their five starting linemen, it was very clear they sent a couple guys towards the refs to try and fool the Cowboys. And they're thinking, hey, Skipper's the guy we have to worry about. Decker's not going to be going out into a pass pattern. Frankly, that's a good plan. The NFL has this rule about reporting. You have to be obvious. One way to not be quite as obvious is to send a couple players over towards the ref. Doesn't there's nothing in the rules that say you can't have another player walking over there even if he's not the one reporting as eligible. That's not breaking the rules. That's stretching the rules in an archaic system, which frankly, I believe every NFL team does, every 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 good NFL team does at least in one way or another. To me it's no different than a pick play where you're taking advantage of The NFL letting, you know, offensive players rub defensive players from a spot. There's a balance to it. Obviously, you have to be able to get away with it. But the NFL should not be sitting here and saying, well, the Lions tried to fool us, so we shouldn't be to blame that they fooled them. No, it's the referee's job to actually record who is the one saying I'm eligible, even if two players walk over. I would be furious. If i were a lions player or a lions coach or especially of course given what happened a lions fan that is not proof that there was a conspiracy it's not proof that the nfl wanted the cowboys to win it's proof that people or at least evidence it's a proof is the wrong word evidence that people screwed up and i will say this much i find it hard to believe there's no audio from what happened on this play i know brad allen's not to have his mic on for the situation nfl fields are miked very well I believe if there was evidence that that landscaper was the one who reported on this play, the NFL would find it or would have found it between now and the time this game happened. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there is no Competition and right now, get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code eight save. That's the number eight S A V E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a Jets Pizza location near you. Again, try Jet Signature Eight Corner Pizza and get five dollars off with code eight save. That's number eight S A V E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. I can't go back and change the past. I cannot go back and fix the microphone situation. If the NFL is gonna screw that up, there's not gonna be many solutions that solve it. I think I have one, but what I have for you today are some big picture ideas that to me would at least solve the majority of the obvious refereeing issues that happen on a week-to-week basis. Not in every game, thankfully, but enough that we're frustrated by what happens and players and fans feel like they're getting the short end of the stick. Well, not solve everything, but it will take steps in the right direction without having games ruined by over-officiating. Which I think, again, this is something we can all agree on is something we want to avoid in our NFL product. So five ideas here that I think will help things. Number one, and this is the biggest one, add a sky judge. The NFL has taken steps in this direction already. There's the centralized command center in New York that calls plays, that, that decides on things quickly. We saw, I believe in the Sunday night game, Um, a a catch turn or Jordan Love I believe was the Jordan Love run where he was near the goal line overturned that into a touchdown without the Packers needing to challenge for a potential score which is important because you don't want to waste your challenge on plays that should be obvious that's a step in the right direction but I do think having a ref in the booth with immediate access to replay at every game speeds up calls and it prevents the most obvious mistakes happening these are the stuff you the places are really embarrassing terrible spots or you know a player having two feet in bounds directly in front of a ref in the end zone on a play that's called incomplete that stuff it it makes the referees look bad It, it ruins credibility for referees because they're being asked to make decisions that seem so obvious on replay that you can't fathom why they were being called i think having a sky judge to do that stuff immediately makes the NFL better. There's no reason you should not have that for every single game at every single stadium. Having that uh, you know, in, in the booth, having that be a process that takes seconds as opposed to, you know, it's, it's gotten better, but still 20, 30, 40 seconds um, of real time, I think makes the quality of play better for the NFL. Number two, and this is related to the Sky Judge, and this is the most important, uh, important element I think a Sky Judge could offer refereeing crews on a weekly basis have the ability or afford referees the ability, I should say, to say, we don't know, we don't have a call on the field. And this is my biggest NFL pet peeve right now. If you watch a game with me, there will inevitably be a moment, you can tell I'm a big nerd by saying this, there will be a moment that I will say something very upsetting. I will be very upset at NFL announcers because they get something wrong every single week. Whenever there is a potential turnover or a score situation where there's a fumble or a player running after he looks like he's been tackled, but he thinks he stayed up. You'll hear commentators say that they that the referees need to let the play play out, play to a conclusion. Because if they get it, if the, the call is wrong, you can fix it via replay. That's not how replay works. That's not how the situations work. Replay has a very distinct rule at the moment, which is it tells referees to stay with the call on the field unless it's obvious there's been a mistake, which means if there's any sort of close call on the field where you can't tell whether a player's knee is down and there's a fumble or a player looks like he might have been down after a tackle, but instead he gets up and scores a touchdown. That close call is going to stick with whatever was called on the field. So it leads to more turnovers. It leads to more scores, which maybe, hey, that might be a a feature for the NFL and not a bug. But if the evidence on the field is 55 45, that the call on the field is wrong, referees should and often do stick with the original call, which is frustrating because you would think they'd want to make the call that is most in line with what we can see from the evidence. But you can't do that based on the, the setup of having to make an initial call on the field. It's like this this example before, it's the difference between the burden of proof in criminal and civil cases in the US. So in a criminal case, the prosecution has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the defendant is guilty based on the evidence. So there has to be enough evidence to overturn the original verdict of not guilty. In a civil case, one side just has to have the preponderance of evidence, the majority of evidence, 5149, just has to have that on their side to win the case. NFL announcers talk about uh, those plays like they're civil cases. They're not. They're criminal cases. And so having the ability to say, we don't know. We don't know who recovered that fumble. We don't have a good angle to see whether that player was down. We don't want to create an initial call that sets it up. That I could potentially you know, screw a team that probably has the preponderance of evidence on their side, but not enough to say with total certainty that a place should be called a certain way. That's going to make those 55-45 calls better. It's not going to solve everything. There are going to be moments in plays where it is totally unclear, and the sky judge is going to have to make a decision that's not, hap- that, that's not going to be particularly pleasant for either side, for one side at the very least. But that's still going to be better with having replay on your side then it's gonna be with a bang, bang call on the field. So to me, I think the most important thing a Sky Judge can do is give the refs the ability to say, we don't know, Sky Judge, you make the call based on replay. Number three, this would solve the uh, Brad Allen problem from this game, mic the refs for the entire game. You don't have to have their audio on for the entire game, but have the audio recorded, have it available to the NFL, this would solve this problem very quickly because if his mic is on in two seconds, we know either Skipper reported or Decker reported. We could figure it out very quickly from who, what was said. It makes sense to have the audio recording just so we have a sense of, okay, what was being said here? What, what was the argument here? The NFL won't want to release the audio, especially if it proves that the ref is wrong to be fair, but it's harder to do when you have the audio save for posterity. So doesn't mean you have to have a 24 seven feed of every audio for every NFL game, but I do think having this stuff available is essential and will resolve cases where the NFL is being accused of a conspiracy, which I don't believe the NFL wants or is actually executing at any point. Number four, this is the one that is never gonna happen, but I love the most. And I've pitched this before. It's the committee for catches. Instead of a catch rule that grows more cumbersome every year, that has phrases from years past that have been long legislated out of the rule book, but still come up like surviving the ground, which I didn't know this until someone brought it up. It's no longer part of the NFL lexicon for catch rules, but still comes up when we see catches in the end zone. Let's forget about that. Let's make catches fun. The committee consists of a number of players it can be 10 it could be 20 it could be 100 i say 50 is the number i like you're putting 50 players in a ballroom every single every single thursday sunday and monday it could be the same 50 players every week i think that's the right way to do it every year maybe you change a couple of the players every season but it's a committee of, of wide receivers, 25 wide receivers, 25 defensive backs. So you get people who are inclined to say something's a catch and inclined to say something is not a catch based on their, their record. You, whenever you have a catch call that's too close to the side in the field, the referees can say, hey, we're not, we're not sure, send this one to the committee. The committee gets 60 seconds of replays on that catch. And then they have to vote, catch or no catch. This is going to be all and be on TV. It's all going to be mic'd up. We're going to get to hear what they have to say about the catch in real time. Maybe there'll be a wide receiver and a defensive back who represent each side of the committee after the fact who come out and and give their thoughts on whether it was a catch or not. They're going to be watching, and it's going to be former players making decisions about something that, to me, is more of an arbitrary process as opposed to something that is more tangible. Yes, they will have some definitions. We'll say, hey, two feet down, control the football. That stuff will be given to the players, and then the players, the former players, will be able to use that to inform their decision. If you can convince a defensive back that something should be a catch, to me, that's good enough. And vice versa, if you can convince a wide receiver that something is not a catch, that's enough to prove that it's not a catch. If it's a tie, then I think it goes to whatever the call was on the field or to the sky judge to make a decision. Final one, fifth one to finish up here, solve the final NFL problem that I think is most vexing and influences game the most, pass pass interference. We are going to change pass interference to a two-step process. Kind of similar to face basking years past, but it's going to be a little different. There'll be a minor PI and a flagrant PI. Minor pass interference is up to 15 yards for pass interference penalties. These are plays where... You know, maybe you don't turn around. Maybe your feet get tangled and you drag a guy down. Any play, no matter how far it goes on the field, where you have something that's not an extreme pass interference penalty, where you're not actively dragging a guy down because you know you're beat with two hands, knowing that he's going to score a touchdown. Anything short of that is a minor PI that's up to 15 yards, either the spot on the field or 15 yards max, like the college rule. The only time you're calling a flagrant PI is when you are denying an obvious touchdown. And if you see replay, you'll know what this is. It's not gonna happen very often, but that's going to be a spot foul for PI. The argument I always hear against this is, well, you're asking refs to make a subjective call. We're already having them make subjective calls about pass interference already. This is going to just reduce the amount of subjective calls they have to make because the vast majority of these plays are gonna be 15 yards or a spot. I think frankly, having plays that are maybe 55 45 pass interference where maybe the offensive player is involved with the PI, maybe there's back and forth jostling. Maybe it's kind of hard to tell. There's contact, but maybe not enough to justify a 45 yard PI. To me, that makes the game better. It's gonna reduce scoring a bit because there's not gonna be, you know, massive PIs for 45 yards or 60 yards on deep bombs where a guy just loses the ball in the air. But to me, that makes the game better. Uh, I think every fan has had a moment where their team has committed a long PI in a situation where nobody was trying to commit PI. It was just a, a bad luck or bad happenstance or you know being in the wrong spot at the wrong time. And I think scoring will go down. There won't be as many big plays on PI, but I think there'll be more big plays in reality. I think teams will be maybe a little more aggressive and physical on defense, which I think is a good thing, frankly, given how easy it is to play, you know, soft zone coverage. I think defenses will be encouraged to play more man, be more physical. There'll be a balance. I I think if you try this for a few years and teams are being, you know, they're they're taking away more PIs. Maybe you call more flagrant, are taking a more big place with, you know, by teaching PI, maybe it'll be more of that. But we've seen in college football, you know, it's not like and any time a defensive back gets slightly beat, they're they're going out and, you know, just dragging guys down. And if there is, you still have the flagrant P.I. for that. So to me, I think that's the final thing we can do to improve the quality of play with changes to the refereeing process. This won't make refereeing perfect. It will not solve all of our problems, but I think it will make a lot of marginal improvements around the refereeing process to avoid situations like uh, games that are being over-officiated. It will avoid you know, calls that are obviously wrong on the field that erode the credibility of referees around the NFL. It's not going to solve moments where referees are not listening to who, who's reporting, but I think miking them up will help and keeping the mic doll game will help. Maybe I'm an optimist, maybe I'm naive, but I think we can make officiating better. So with these five changes, I believe we would have a better quality NFL product for years to come afterwards that's all I've got just wanted to talk about officiating today I think a lot of stuff that frankly I'd rather avoid I'd much rather talk about you know the playoff picture I'd much rather talk about all the NFL stuff that's happening but it was such a big story on Saturday night and I felt so bad for Lions fans and Lions players that I felt like I wanted to discuss it and wanted to talk about it at length uh, obviously you know um, we'll have more to talk about in the weeks to come that it's not about officiating hopefully It seems like every year we have at least one playoff game that comes down to a disastrous officiating call. We'll talk about that when it inevitably happens. But until then, hopefully the last officiating conversation until the offseason. But still plenty of football stuff to discuss. Week 18 is coming up. Obviously, playoff picture scenarios. Plenty to discuss later on in the week. Going to have another Bill Barnwell show not talking about officiating later on on Thursday. But hope you guys enjoyed this one. Obviously, a solo show a little unique i've had guests weeks past but we're recording this on new year's day felt like i should give most people a rest as we watch uh the college football playoff today but want you guys want to do a show for you guys more audio coming later this week with a guest on the upcoming nfl postseason so hope you guys had a good holiday hope you guys had a great new year and more audio coming as we hit the postseason here on the bill barnwell show